and welcome to the Last Ones In podcast. Uh, we're having a little bit of a weird week today. Dry is off with his anniversary, so that means today I'm joined with E. Hello. And me. And that's it. Hello. <laughs> but you know what that means, E? Yeah, it's anime. <laughs> yeah, more anime. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah no, the t- two things that we watch when dry is gone anime and French stuff yeah <laughs> sometimes French animations who knows <laughs> but today uh movie we've been talking about for a little while is we watched 2006 Paprika which uh another Sasashi Khan movie uh because we watched Perfect Blue dry wasn't super crazy about that movie yeah. so we decided like hey since he's not here maybe we should watch the other movie that we've been talking about for yeah, a bit we decided to give him a break. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> this one is a little bit of a weird one when it comes like where you can watch it. There's not exactly any streaming services to watch this movie. There are places to rent it. Like apparently, you can buy it on Amazon, Vudu, Apple TV, uh, Google Play, YouTube, Microsoft Store. Apparently, even DirecTV and a- AMC on demand. But if you want to just rent it, it is YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, and Amazon Prime for three ninety nine. Uh, other than that, like that. That that's about it. Like this is kind of hard to watch if you don't have a physical copy of it. Yeah, much like most renowned anime. Yeah, <laughs> which kind of sucks when you really think about it. Yeah, it happens. It could be worse. Like we could be watch trying to watch a old anime that's only like direct to video VHS, and like that's the only copy they ever made of it. Just you wait. One of these days, I'm just gonna be like, "Hey guys, I know what movie we're watching," and then I just bust out the laser disc. <laughs> we're waiting for that day. <laughs> It's going to happen one of these days, but say, when Dry- exactly, who knows? Dryad did say he's down to just have a Laserdisc player, so. Yeah. I mean, I'd be down to watch the movies on Laserdisc, too, but, God, Laserdiscs, they're either very hard or very expensive to come by. Sometimes both. Yeah. Sometimes neither. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess uh, with uh, just being the two of us, I'll just ask E, what did you, like, early thoughts of this what did you think of this movie uh yeah i i like this movie a whole lot this movie's really cool and interesting in a lot of ways yeah it's it's kind of all over the place and like uh, this movie is just hard to explain in yeah. general you know a good movie for us to do on an audio podcast of course <laughs> is something like oh it, you just have to see it you just had you to can't explain there, it but man. you just gotta watch it <laughs> uh yeah but uh no it's really interesting you know, every everything I've ever heard about this movie beforehand was, oh, it's like Inception before Inception. And that's not incorrect. It's not enti- but it's not entirely true either. Yeah, I, I really would not say this is anime Inception, except for that's... The issue is that's kind of the best way to describe it, <laughs> unfortunately. Like we said, it's hard to describe this movie and be accurate about it, but like... Anime Inception is one way to think about this movie, but it's not the full yeah. picture either. I'll say they they have a very similar premise, but they steer very different directions yeah. with that premise. Uh, Inception being much more of like a character study versus this being more of a kind of through line story in a way. I don't, I don't kind know. of. Again, it's. I it's feel like really a lot say. of this movie is like the director and like some of the writers of this were just like, hey, you know, it'd be a really cool idea. Oh yeah, and I think that's the best part about this movie. Is it? It's like, hey, it's about dreams. Yeah. Have you ever had a dream before? <laughs> they're f- they're weird. Yeah, and they don't make sense. Much like it, this movie uses a lot of dream logic, which means that there's things that really don't make sense, but like 
you're not supposed to think very hard about it anyways because it's using dream logic. Yeah, knowing all that, uh, this movie is really cool. I for sure uh, am sad that it's kind of just seen as, oh, you know, it's like Inscription before Inscription. Inception. Inception. (laughs) It's nothing like Inscription. Play that game if you haven't, though. (laughs) That's another weird surreal game. Yeah. But yeah, it's just really cool. I mean, I I always dig surrealism. Uh, I think I've talked about it a couple times now on the podcast. But yeah, just like really cool. And yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as you. Like this movie is very, very surreal. And I am very much a fan of surreal art. And like even with the stuff that's like not surreal, like this movie is also very detailed. Like almost to an annoying degree, like to where like there's certain frames you have to pause in order to catch everything that's on said frame um this and because it uses dream logic it is kind of hard to follow at times because it's just all over the place with what it's doing but very purposefully so but like uh it it is very cool this movie is i want to say almost like style as a substance Mm -hmm. with a lot of the things that they do with it um this movie put the meat and the potatoes inside your sandwich (laughs) yes (laughs) and then deep fried it and then put it in a blender and then deep fried the blended shit. And then deep fried, fried the blender in general, so you had to break past the <laughs> baked plastic in order to get down to the smoothie that's down inside of it. Yum, yum. I think I'll go ahead and I'll read the back of the box, and we'll probably start talking more about this movie. Sure. Prepare to enter a realm of fantasy and imagination, where reality and dreams collide in a kaleidoscope mindscape of sheer visual genius. The magical tale centers on a revolutionary machine that allows scientists to enter and record a subject's dream. After it is stolen, a fearless detective and a brilliant therapist join forces to recover the device before it falls into the hands of a dream terrorist in this gripping anime thriller from acclaimed director Sosashi Khan. I this, feel like that makes it sound way more like an action movie than it is. Yeah, this movie, it's not, <laughs> it kind of is, but it's not an action movie. It has action elements to it, yeah. but it's definitely not an action movie. This is more, it's almost like a... I was going to say thought process, but like a thought experiment yeah. is what this whole movie is, which to be fair, this movie is also based off of a book, much like Perfect Blue is. Mm. Uh, the book was written like 1993. Oh, interesting. But yeah, the uh, movie's 90 minutes long and it is rated R for violent and sexual images. Which As vague as you can really get. It, it is. <laughs> this movie all around is vague, even with its rating terms. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Let's try and explain. We will try. This movie is, like we said, hard to explain, but we will do our very best. I I think probably the first fun fact I can think of when it comes to this movie is I know when they're making this movie, they were saying that, you know, they're annoying people like us on the internet that overanalyze everything. Hell yeah. And not everything needs to be explained. And they went in with that mindset while making this movie. I think that's a completely valid mindset to have. I agree. I mean, another good example of something like that is, I guess the Beatles actually heard about a school that was like analyzing their songs about all their different meanings and everything, and that's how they came up with uh, the Eggman. Yeah, the Eggman song, which that song literally means nothing. They're just saying stuff to purposely confuse people who are trying to <laughs> overanalyze the song. Much like this movie has very confusing parts in it for people like us that overanalyze movies. I hear that. I feel like it's not super i think its premise itself is pretty grounded overall yeah because ultimately it is just a scientist invented a machine that allows you to go into other people's dreams yeah and kind of i the main difference i would say from it and inception is like i think inception kind of uses that 
as like, oh, you use that to manipulate people and this and that. Whereas the real premise was just the scientists wanted to dream with their friend. Yeah. Like wanted to bring the their dream. friend into their dreams with them. And the company that helped him fund his uh, fund his creation wanted to use it for dream therapy. So people who are dealing with some kind of situation, they would have them dream and then they would play back the recording and be like, what do you think this means? And then try to help that person. Which would be pretty cool. Yeah. In comparison to, we're going to make people think what we want them to think through Inception. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. But uh, as with every movie, there's a conflict. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Three of the dream device, MC, MD chips or something. Uh, But three of them have been stolen, essentially. And it's... It's not it's not really their job to find out who did it, but they want to because they know if it falls in the wrong hands, it could cause Well, they kind of need to find out about it just because they don't realize that three of them are gone until their chief scientist starts just speaking gibberish, which the first time I watched this no, movie... No, they were told three of them were missing almost immediately because uh, like, it starts with her going up the elevator and, they, and she's like, hey, this guy lost three of them. And yeah, well, could... they're talking about that and like being are needing to find them, and then that's whenever the chief starts freaking out on them and speaking gibberish lines, which he's saying words, but the words don't really coincide with each other. That they're just like a bunch. It's, it's almost gibberish. like a category that he's saying out loud, and then he jumps through a window, which shows the issue kind of with the dream machine. And there's a lot of like science guff, science guff that like it. It's kind of just mumbo jumbo, ultimately. Kind of. Because they're like, oh, the dream doesn't have the access point, so we can't we can't get into <laughs> it, but it can go out to our main... Yeah, they start <laughs> theorizing that people who have used the dream machine before, uh, people can use them, which apparently we're overcomplicating it. It's just called the DC Mini. DC Mini, okay. Yeah. I, I had yeah, like this dream control <laughs> mini. I, I had like the general ideas. Yeah. Of we, the we were close. We were close. Yeah. But yeah, um, they're saying that he was using it as therapy for somebody and therefore he was using it more often. Therefore, somebody was able to get to him with the DC mini without him actually being connected to the dream or the DC mini or even being asleep. So you can yeah. be awake and not hooked up to it and still be affected by it. Right. So the director's like, all right, we got to shut this down. And they're like, uh, that's not great. Yeah, well, they start talking, yeah, the, oh, what would you call him? I guess, yeah, the the director? Yeah, he's like the board of directors. Yeah, board of directors, whatever. He's like, yeah, we need to shut this down. This is, you know, becoming too much. And they're like, no, 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 we can figure this out first. And start looking for the perpetrator. And the, their first suspect happens to be the man who created the machine. One of. Yeah, well, the main guy who created the machine, I guess I should say, or come, came with the concept of it. The person that was, I don't want to call him his underling, but like Me his hero. partner. Uh, oh, I see. Wait, no, it was just his. Yeah, his like, uh, science. His like co-scientist. Yeah, but like, uh, they're thinking he was the one who stole it. Like, maybe he just happened to be. They basically thought he was jealous yeah, of the main scientist. Yeah, that scientist. he was jealous of him. That like, oh, he's just jealous. He was jealous of my creation. That's why he stole it. And he's using it against us now. Which uh, Hiamoru was Hiyamoru. the yeah was the guy and. Actually, the reason why they think that is because whenever the after the uh, chief jumps off of the or jumps out of a window, they hook him up to I guess the bigger dream machine, which is like the size the of an entire frame. room, yeah, <laughs> the actual mainframe of it to like look at his dream and see a parade in there, and yeah. then realize it's not his actual dream. And they see uh, Hiyamoru in the 
or, the dolls. A, as one of the faces of one of the dolls that's in the parade. Yeah. And uh, so they go in there, they get the chief out, and then sit, try to find him. And when they get to his house, like, it's just, there's just dolls everywhere. Yeah, it's really creepy. <laughs> I, I really like the implication. This is completely unrelated to, like, the dream stuff. He's just a weirdo who makes dolls. Yeah. <laughs> Which would explain why there's so many dolls in his dreams, too. Yeah. But. Uh, but I guess we we are kind of overstepping past one of the things, which is the the reason for the name of the movie, Paprika herself. Yes, uh, Paprika is almost like hmm, it's so like I, she helps guide people through their dreams in a yeah. weird way. And something something I really like that the movie doesn't shy away from is like she is essentially extremely connected to the therapist. Yeah. Um, at Atsuki, I think her name is. Uh, Doctor Chiba Atsuko. Atsuko, uh, because like, uh, yeah, um, Takota, the main yeah. or the main scientist guy, he keeps on calling her Atchan. Yeah, she's like, quit calling me that. Um, yeah. but like, whenever things are going bad, uh, they basically like, all right, we need paprika, and then Atsuko's like, okay, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's kind of her persona inside of the dream world. See, that's the thing I really like is it it it's very unclear about what what paprika really is. Yeah. It seems like she is kind of the uh persona in the dream world of Atsuko, but then also she's kind of her own person yeah. inside of the dream world. Like, she's kind of a mascot for the DC mini. Kind of. Cuz I, I the, the reason I say it's very like purposely unclear is cuz there's not really like a through line between the two like they they even in a way it's almost kind of like a split personality i think is one way to describe it very aware of one another it's in a way that's not really like a mask or like a persona I, that i feel like i think it's very it's very intentionally kind of dirty what paprika represents to atsuko because even even later in the movie when they're talking to us even atsuko isn't very clear on what to make of paprika right um but yeah so paprika's like in full control of dreams is the main thing like she can manipulate through them very well almost like she can travel from one place to another with uh kind of like you know in a dream how like something that could trap you she could actually use to move more freely through it yeah and like if you've ever had a dream ever you're running and you're like going nowhere or if you're falling or whatever else and like She's just like using whatever physics that are keeping you bound down to the ground. Uh, she's using that to move more freely. Like you mm. see her walking from like TV screen to the real to like the outside to billboards and so on and so yeah. forth. Honestly, all the scenes with Paprika doing stuff are just like eye candy for sure. They're oh, so absolutely. fucking cool. Even the introduction, which is like such a like, I mean, it's more it's a character introduction, so it's obviously yeah. important, but it doesn't do much for the plot. It's so visually cool. In so many ways, especially like there's this one scene where she's just at a diner and like some some dudes just walk up to her to try to hit on her. And like she's just talking and there's like this cool five reflections and you can see like the, each of the reflections reacting like somewhat differently somewhat to the guys differently. going over to hit on her. Yeah. And it's just, it's so it's so fucking cool. Like this is a movie, even if this is a movie just to watch for the visuals alone. Yeah, honestly. I can agree with that. But like. There's a lot of substance to it, not to like make it sound like that's the only reason to watch it. No, there's definitely a story here, but also even with just like the eye candy, I'm sure you could watch this movie three or four times with the sound turned off 
and get something different each time just by like counting yeah. on where you're looking in that scene. Yeah, there's just a lot. Um and then so that's most of the characters. There's also kind of a subplot that it keeps going back and forth with a police chief. Yeah, with the detective. Yeah. Um who's trying to psychoanalyze his own dreams and ask for Paprika's help. And <laughs> it's it's really funny. So like Paprika gives him a card that's just a website and <laughs> he can Use that website to like to half dream. dream. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that means, but it works. So whatever, <laughs> you know. Maybe this is what dream we're logic. Not, this is what we're not supposed to psychoanalyze. You know. Yeah, like it's, it just <laughs> kind of works with dream logic. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because like the implication is that stuff works outside of dreams, but at the same time, it's it's always very unclear what is a dream. Right. Like in, in te- again, intentionally very unclear. Which I think part of what they were saying with it, too, with, like, the DC Mini, is, like, if you've connected to it before, then, like, it, it, there's a chance you can connect to it without even actually using the device, which maybe he's somehow using that website to connect to, into his dream world. Yeah. I mean, it, it becomes a whole big weird yeah. thing with that, too. It doesn't really matter. And I think that's the, imp- like, some of that's to also explain, like, how Paprika kind of is there in the real world, too. Right. Because, uh... I mean, it's it's unclear if this happens in the actual world, but like, when, Paprika visually looks extremely different to Atsuko. I wouldn't say extremely different, but you you can definitely tell the difference between them. Like, there's similarities, but I mean, different like hairstyle, different hair color, very yeah. different clothes. I mean, their bodies are the same. Yeah, they have like, the same body, but yeah, they are different hair, uh, different eyes, uh, different mannerisms. Yeah, like, like Paprika is very people, essentially. Yeah, uh, Paprika is a very free spirit. While Atsuko is like very professional and very yeah. Bo- bogged bored. down by professionalism, more or I less, think yes, is a way to put it. So they have to figure out what's up with the Humora. They go to his house. Uh, more like really interesting. What is real? What isn't? Yeah, because as Atsuko's looking, yeah, she through looks through his stuff. room and sees that doll that they saw in the dream. Because like, there's just. Kind of like you know how there's an anime protagonist that kind of sticks out amongst the crowd. There's like mm-hmm. one doll that just slightly creepier than the rest of them that she sees. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like it's in his closet, which leads down to these, this ladder that leads down to an entire amusement park underneath his, uh, or underneath his apartment, which is, right. if you're paying attention, she's in a dream now, but she was in reality a second ago. Yeah. And, and yeah, so she's like looking through this amusement park and getting kind of brought closer and closer to the doll until the doll's behind a gate, and as she's trying to jump over the gate, it goes back to reality, and she was jumping off of the balcony. Yeah. Only to, like, be saved a last second, basically. Yeah, by the other therapist that was with her there to... Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, Paprika this whole time is like, you should stop. This is fucked up. You don't... You yeah. shouldn't do this. Like, this is dangerous. You need to turn back now, and... Again, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. finding things. It, like that's again like that's what i really like about paprika is she she isn't like opposite of asuko she isn't like the same as asuko but like with different mannerisms it's it's such she's such a unique character in a lot of ways and i think it a lot of it shows is like how no one actually treats them as the same character yeah that's also very true uh they have asked they do ask a handful of times who really is paprika and yeah. they never get it like everyone has their theories on it, but nobody gets a concrete answer either. Yeah, but it usually does keep uh going back to Atsuka. Atsuka, yeah, it does keep on going back to her. But 
she never even says that she's paprika either. She just no, kind of like she always, brushes that off. Yeah. I mean, everyone, like, if anyone asks for paprika, she basically is like, okay, I'll go get her, basically, rather than, like, all right. Uh, but, yeah, so there's that. It leads to kind of more dream stuff. Uh, everyone's kind of pissed at the uh, main scientist guy because he's just not taking it seriously at all. Yeah. He doesn't really take, well, he is kind of, he's taking more seriously that uh, Himuro would betray him more so yeah. than the fact that that was taken. Even more so than the fact that there are two other scientists that are go- currently going crazy and like causing mayhem inside of the facility because yeah. like they were also hooked up to the dream machine and now they're uh, acting out and they have to be basically institutionalized because yeah. of their actions. I mean, they get out, like they go outside and cause a big wreck basically yeah at this point they just fully shut down the dream machine thing like they're like you you yeah. can't keep going this is a this is not up for debate but the thing is is it's still affecting the outside like the real life yeah at this point we do see more of the detective like seeing more of his kind of side stuff with yeah. his dream and like him kind of trying to realize like what's happening with his dream and like why he's having this recurring dream all the time mm-hmm. uh which is him looking for a guy in a circus and like kind of has like a sting operation. And then like the guy ends up putting him inside of a cage and like immediately moves from the crowd to the stage. And then everybody in the crowd has his face and starts attacking the cage. And then he falls through the floor into this, into George of the jungle. <laughs> yeah. Into Tarzan is what it is. And then the same. <laughs> yeah. And are uh, from Tarzan into uh, being strangled by a man inside of a train to a, kind of like a romantic comedy movie wherever like he's taking a picture of some of this girl hitting a guy over the head with the guitar i always like it says like it's a rom-com but it's like what would this rom-com even be what i, I don't know man <laughs> like, oh that, that classic jane fucking yeah. hitting people over the head with guitars it kind of goes uh, maybe there's a trope in another movie where that happens that maybe. we just haven't seen that movie but <laughs> yeah. watch this is like a beloved Actually, genuinely, maybe it's like a beloved Japanese film that we just never heard of, or maybe even like a beloved American film that's in Japan or that's in Japan that we just haven't seen. It it is insane how many things were like mediocre in America and just like fucking insane in Japan. Japan. Yeah, one of the funniest ones, Scatman. Really, super huge in Japan, huh? Uh, He was until you know he passed away, obviously. But well, yeah, he was super huge in because I think they were like. The top like performing artists from outside Japan, it was Beatles and then Scatman, huh? And like after he stopped doing like stuff in America, he was still touring in Japan because they loved him. Yeah, I yeah, I guess there are like a lot of bands that like were just huge in Japan, even though like mm-hmm. we hardly heard about them in America. And like he's he's big in America, but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is also oh well, yeah, very because I know that he did Japan. a lot of advertisements in Japan, even though he never really did them in America. Yeah, um, I mean he did. If I remember, he doesn't even really know it. He they just make him say random gibberish basically half the time. Pretty much, yeah. Because like here's the thing: like if I remember correctly, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first uh, language is German, and then he learned English whenever he was in America but still has that very heavy Austrian accent. Yeah. And then you have that heavy Austrian accent trying to say Japanese. And so <laughs> probably can't speak Japanese, but a Japanese director is like, okay, we want you to say this, 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 and this. Repeat after me. And like, yeah. but have him say the line. And like, okay, now eat the noodles. Yeah, basically. I mean, in Japan, it's very common to ha- just have random English anyways. Yeah. But I, I also know that there's like a lot of really big American 
names, I guess I should say, that would never do advertisements in America, but do advertisements all the time in Japan. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of them. Tommy Lee Jones is another one of them. Oh, really? Uh, I think Britney Spears even did a couple of uh, things in Japan. I'm blanking on some other names, but yeah, like a lot yeah. of big names. I think part of it is like they get paid more to do those advertisements Probably. in Japan than they would be. Well, and like sometimes they just get advertisement jobs from Japan that they and they're not in America. Right. Which that's yeah. that's also another thing too. Like there's just an entire market for American actors inside of Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, well, back to yeah, this movie. Back to the movie. Enough of Japan. Let's get to to this Japanese animated movie. <laughs> so yeah, his thing it goes through the rom com, then it hits the a, it, it's when it a hotel. Go, yeah, it hits a hotel, and he sees somebody who was shot. That's like falling in slow yeah. motion. A homicide victim. He yeah, talks about or he talks about. Yeah, that. he talks that's about his, of like uh, how this is a homicide case that he's yeah. currently working on that. He keeps on seeing recurred in his dream, and he sees the person who did it, but they're far away, and he can't see who yeah. like who that person is, but they're running out of the building. And every time that he start, tries to chase towards this man that's running away from him, like the world is kind of moving away from him, almost mm-hmm. like a rug that's being pulled from underneath him as he's trying to run towards him, and then he kind of falls into nothing. So, like, I feel like it does his flashback a little bit too many times. I feel like you could probably get rid of one of them, but... I do like that each time it happens, you get a little more and more of what's happening in yeah, his dreams. Of like why he's having these dreams and yeah. how they're connected to the case and how they're connected to his life and so on and so forth. So that's like the subplot. Back of the main plot, um, Tokita is like, uh, I'll fucking put myself in the dream and talk to H- H- yeah. Himura. Well, around the time that they're saying like we needed to disassemb- disassemble this machine, he's like, he decides he's going to try to rebuild it so he can try yeah. to go into the dreams himself to figure this out because like like you know i built this dream machine i should be able to fix this yeah he they they talk about a lot he has a very like childlike view of the world yeah they constantly put it as he's a child with the brain of a genius yeah you know baby geniuses in a way sure i haven't (laughs) actually seen that movie i heard it's bad i i think there's a reason that movie was forgotten in the early 2000s anyways yeah so uh he's he does that and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to him or there's surely something going on here but when he gets in there uh he keeps trying to talk to Himura, but they're Himura just won't respond until he's getting engulfed by all the dolls and he's like you're not Himura." yeah like this is not Hermora's dream. He is inside someone else's dream right now. These are all these dreams are connected to each other. Yeah. Which I guess another big plot point that we missed over. Uh, Akiso talks about the uh, amusement park that she went to. They go to the that amusement park in oh, real yeah. life. Uh, whenever they go there, it is when Himura or Himishura or something like that. Himuru. Himuru. Um, they see him there, but like he jumps off the or off of a building and almost lands on Akiso. And they're like, oh, he tried to kill himself. I'm like, wait, like maybe he wasn't the main conspirator because like this is just one of the DC minis that's missing yeah. from the three. Also, the DC mini embedded itself in it, his yeah into his head. Skin. Like they had to surgically remove it to, from him afterwards, and like yeah. he's now in a in he's a coma. coma. He's kind of in a coma because like he's it's the thing where he's like he's kind of awake, kind of not. He's kind eh. of in a, I guess cataton- catatonic. Catatonic, yeah, yeah. That that that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, Tokita is like, oh yeah, I'll visit him, but then he gets stuck in that state as well, and, uh, the, the main, the doctor whatever guy is like, hang on, so 
they should be in REM sleep by now, but there's they're not dreaming and they only have the shared dream. Yeah. Reveal and he's like, This is almost like they've lost their consciousness itself. Or not con- consciousness? I don't know. But their yeah, sense like, of self. Like, yeah, they're like they're lost their sense of self because they're not in their own dream. When they try to go into their individual dreams, like they just see TV static. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, so they're in somebody else's dream right now. Like, who are we missing from this equation? Yeah. So they're like, all right, well, we got it. We got to get Paprika out. Yeah. Which is, I think that's whenever Atsuko decides to jump back into the dream world, yeah. isn't it? And starts, you know, trying to dig up what exactly is going on here, get some yeah. more weird dream logic stuff. And you know, journey to the West. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And then, like, no, she... that's just, just literally what happens. Oh, really? Yeah, when it's like the monkey on the cloud. That's journey to the West. Oh, yeah, I know that's journey to the West. Yeah. I was thinking of what happens whenever she's going through, like, almost stained glass, and she's not oh, sure yeah. where she is until I... she pops out of it and sees that it's... There's, there's so many, like, references to things. Yeah, enough that we probably don't catch... Yeah probably even half of them but yeah she's like following the parade and is like no one's there and as she gets closer she's like wait a second something's going on way over here outside and like the there's like shattered glass version of the world shattering like robbie was saying yeah like if a piece of reality just shattered and she was able to walk through it and when she does that like it's like like stained glass almost yeah and whenever she exits the stained glass, it's like uh, a hollowed out version of Himaru, which is how they realize like, like they're not really here. Yeah. And as she flies out, uh, she's Tinkerbell at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, she sees a tree, and that it, yeah has the face of, and I'm probably gonna butcher the hell out of his name of Doctor Shijiro Inio. Uh, the director yeah the director of all this like it's his face yeah of, she's like, like you got yeah she's like you gotta wake up let's go and then he's like okay it's not working <laughs> yeah and like this whole thing of like the branches of the tree that is his face are like coming after her almost like these tentacles yeah. and eventually end up catching her and capturing yeah. her and uh, she's like you gotta yeah she's she see she, <laughs> it's this wild ass chasing again like this is you gotta just see it to really yeah. un- uh eventually leading to like her getting eaten by a whale spit out and now she's pinocchio yeah back into the <laughs> back in the parade which also the whale has the face of the director yeah uh back into the parade she sees herself in the past and warns her journey to the west so- version of herself to wake up at sko <laughs> it feels almost like this weird thing of like kind of that feeling like you realize that you're dreaming and you're trying to wake yourself up but yeah. you can't and she's like trying to fly away until just getting engulfed by these butterflies. And, and when it, she gets engulfed by the butterflies, like the only thing that's left was her journey of the West clothes that fall yeah. or kind of just like start falling to the ground. And I'm trying to remember if, uh, is it Requiem to the Dreams, the one with butterflies or which there's like a, I feel like there's like a specific kind of movie known for butterflies related to that i mean i guess butterfly effects always a thing but well, yeah there's not a whole lot of butterflies in the butterfly effect though weirdly enough <laughs> i mean i guess it is just the effect i itself. mean maybe that or i want to say vanilla sky but Requiem i don't think vanilla sky does dream i was gonna say memento i think memento came out after this <laughs> no memento came out before this oh, okay oh right, there's some butterfly thing yeah that i'm, I'm sure, sure there's a reference that we're not quite getting on that one yeah. but uh which and then esco wakes up uh, and they're like, like, okay, we know what to do. We got to go to the directors. So they go to the directors, but 
when they get there, the director stands up because he's in a wheelchair the whole time and he has tentacle monster legs and he's like, ah, Paprika, you ran into the trap. Yeah, and, to uh, realize that she's still dreaming yeah. this entire time. And the doctor turned into the other the other therapist guy that yeah, uh, we don't talk about. He's kind of... Morio Anasani. Yeah, he's not really in the movie that much, honestly. Yeah. Like, he was the one who saved her from jumping off the... Or, yeah, jumping off the balcony. But he's... I think that's one of the reasons why it works with him being part of this is because you don't see him very often, so yeah. it's hard to suspect someone that you don't really see that You don't often see him much, and he's just kind of off when yeah. he talks, so... Also, he's just kind of there most of the time. Yeah. But uh, Paprika came back out, and they caught her. Uh, the doctor's really trying hard to wake up Atsuko, but not able to. Yeah. I did kind of like what they did with the scene of, like, it, they trapped her almost like a butterfly inside of a display case, wherever, like, she's pinned yeah. down with actual pins. There's a lot of really heavy symbolism. Yeah. I mean, I guess calling it symbolism might be a little <laughs> a stretch, because I mean, it really is just, like, it's dream literally. Symbolism. Yeah. But um, she's caught in the, like, other therapist guy is being weird and sexually assaulting her. Yeah. Uh, Which, it, like, he tries using the whole thing of, like, that he loved, like, he's always loved her, but she's never paid attention to him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's an incel, really. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way, that's a good way to put it. And, like, it cuts uh to the detective who's trying, who's slowly figuring out his thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, it turns out that a lot of what he's seeing in his dream has to deal with the fact that, like, he wanted to be a filmmaker whenever he was younger and actually yeah. did make a film with uh, a high school film with a buddy of his whenever he was 17 that never really got finished. And so, and he, the reason why all these different faces end up being him all the time is because he feels like he killed a former part of himself to become the man that he is today. And- yeah. Well, and he, he kind of blames himself because his friend came down with illness and yeah. died before he could like go into the art. Before he could the- finish the movie. I yeah, and just like he was gonna go to like art school and become a director and all that, and it just never really happened for him. He's, instead, he became a detective. No, the friend. Oh, the friend. Yeah, the yeah, school. the friend died. Yeah, yeah. But um, so like he blames himself and his friends. Like we just gotta finish it. Um. So yeah, and then it often it revolves a lot about around movie theaters too because he keeps saying like I hate movies. <laughs> He's like the anti Jariah, really. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So like. And one one of the movie theaters he saw was Paprika this time around, and when he went to there, uh, it yeah, was uh, the doctor who's still in real life but still trying to communicate to them realizes that the detective is dreaming. Uh, tries to, tells him or warns him that Paprika is in trouble and that yeah. he, um, she needs him to help. And he walks into the movie theater and he can see into Paprika's dream what's happening to her, but he's seeing yeah. it through the movie screen and then through once again dream logic, just kind of has to stretch through the screen yeah. to get to where she's at. And, like, okay, there, it's more stuff that can't really be described really well. You just have to see it. There's some really cool, like, symbol... Or, there's a lot of really cool, sim, like, symbolic ways that it's kind of referring to the sexual assault. It, yeah. <laughs> I feel so like whenever weird he describing it this way. reaches into her, like, into her body and, like, starts to yeah. move his hand up her... To like cut open Paprika to get Atsuko, who's underneath her. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, he's like, oh, I always wanted it. But then the director comes, it's using his body. So he's literally like a parasite coming out of him. Yeah. And wants and to like just kill Atsuko. Yeah. And like 
one wants to have his way with her the other one wants to kill her and they're both like fighting amongst each other while the detective is like you see him like stretching through the wall yeah and like this it's I think it's really cool how they animate it because it's still definitely a wall because, like, you can see, like, the cabinet and the pictures and everything Mm -hmm. else on there. But you can see him, like, it's almost transparent, like he's pushing through it. Which, another thing we didn't talk about enough of this, this movie does, like, transparency and reflections. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool... Yeah, and, like, uh, light scattering and stuff like that. It does animation with that really, really well. Like, they pay... There's... So much attention to detail in this movie, it's almost annoying. It, it really, it really needs, you really need to just see it because it's so <laughs> I, impressive. That's the one thing that sucks about this audio only <laughs> podcast is we keep on saying you need to see it for yourself to like truly appreciate it, but oh, yeah. it's super hard to explain without you just like seeing what we're talking about and like pointing out the different details that they put into it. Yeah. Eventually, the de- the detective breaks through, grabs Otsuko, uh, leaves because the <laughs> the doctor and director are just too busy fighting each other. Yeah, basically, he's uh, able to take Atsuko back into the real world. Yeah, and he's what? like the uh, the doctor outside is like, you gotta you gotta go back to your dream so you can wake up. And then it's like, uh, what do you mean? And then he starts chasing the uh ther- the evil therapist. I don't know what to call, <laughs> uh, which goes back into Tarzan and then yeah, like- back to his dreams. Another thing I think is kind of cool of like how there's like an elevator in his dream that goes like all these different movie scenes uh-huh. that he really liked it. Like he's kind, it kind of almost shows that he's back on that elevator going to these different movie scenes to try to escape this guy. Except that uh, therapist is now in each one of these different scenes while yeah. he's trying to escape him. It like re it re goes through his trauma in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, going through and. This time he doesn't have Paprika to help him, though. He needs to do it on his own, which is cool. Yeah. It's an interesting little tidbit on there, because it's no longer Paprika helping him through these scenes. It's Atsuko that's passed out yeah. in these scenes. Uh, so, yeah, he goes through all of them until he gets back to the hallway in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, where the doctor's like, haha, this is traumatic for you. <laughs> and tries to run away. But uh, And then he, ends, he sees... Uh, I guess another thing we didn't say is the website is basically a bar that has two bartenders there, which one thing I think is kind of a a cool little detail about that is, um, is, uh, Satusoshi Khan Mm -hmm. is, uh, did the voice of one of the bartenders and the guy who wrote the book, Paprika is the other bartender. Oh yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like they kind of work together to be like these two bartenders inside it. Like, Almost like this lobby outside of the dream world. Yeah. And they kind of like tell him, like, finish the dream or finish the scene. Fin- yeah, he has to finish his movie yeah. after all this time. And so, so he pulls out his gun and he shoots the evil therapist. Yeah. And the evil therapist is like, oh, fuck, that actually hurts. Ouch. Ooh, ow. <laughs> and then it has like the end scene for him. And- yeah. And he kisses an unconscious woman. <laughs> While a crowd just like cheers him on, <laughs> yeah. which is very, very strange. Yeah, but it's weird. It is also it's... very like you know 1980s uh, spy thriller esque for it. Oh, do this... they ever do they just unconscious woman in it those? Usually not unconscious. Uh, they, I've seen like the Sleeping Beauty thing done before in some of those movies, but not quite the same of what this one does. Yeah, I think it's like he's like going ham. Yeah, that's just who he has uh, wrapped around his arms right now. So like that's just the person yeah. he's gonna kiss. But that that wakes up Otsuko. Uh, she pu- she Which punches she, the, du- she, the yeah doctor. she tries to slap the detective but ends up slapping the chief of the 
dream experiments Doctor instead. Man. Yeah. yeah. And then like she has to ask because like everything she just went through, like, is this actually the real world or are we still dreaming? Yeah, and actually like, well, it sure hurts. Yeah, like my it face does. still my face definitely hurts like it's the real world, so I'm guessing this is the real world. But during this time, a weird translucent version of the evil therapist is like going through trying to get to Otsuko while he's like just bleeding out. Yeah. Which you you had a pretty hearty laugh at this because like as they're having this like little heart to heart moment, you just see a bloody hand yeah. just like <laughs> spraying like, across a window. <laughs> yeah. Uh which kind of clues him in on oh shit, it's not over like, yet. Like maybe we're still dreaming. Like something is happening. Yeah. So they're like, Okay, we just gotta get to the directors, you know, and then giant baby. Yeah, the giant <laughs> doll, the really creepy one. Yeah. Uh they just see I guess a hundred foot version of this thing. Yeah. And it starts laughing at them in this really creepy way that, like, it's almost like somebody, like, if the laugh was a key on a keyboard, like, they're just pressing it repeatedly is how that so- that laugh sounds. Yeah, and it destroys all the windows. Yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> meanwhile, the detective's like, I did it! I'm ready to take on the world! And then he looks outside, and it's the weird dream parade. <laughs> yeah, he sees... No, the dream parade starts, like, bleeding into his office, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which, weird enough, leads him to being outside, and then, like... A lot of people are talking about like, hey, something really weird is happening right yeah. now. And then Paprika like jumps through his camera into like the world saying like the dream world is leaking into the real world. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's like there to help Asuko and uh, the doctor. And as they go through and uh, it's just really it's weird, surreal scenes of like almost kind of how like spirited away is in a lot of ways with how it kind of has these like versions of people corrupted, but these people like slowly turn into weird toys. Yeah. Cause the... it's like they're joining the parade and it turns them into like these weird toys or these weird amalgamations of like what they represent in real life or like how they look at each other or themselves. Maybe. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people who are, are literal cell phones. Yeah. Turning into cell phone people and like, there are perverts that are also cell phone that are cell phone cameras <laughs> so looking underneath the cell phone people, and then there's a bunch of people who thinks of themselves with like main character syndrome that are like, "No, this is my seat. This is yeah. my parade." Blah 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 blah. They're like, all big headed. Yeah, babies. and then people who are just like at home uh, watching this on TV, they tur- themselves turn into TVs that join the parade, and like this is a lot. It is yeah. definitely a lot. It is very much like if you're having like some weird surreal nightmare come to life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, like, uh, Paprika's like, all right, we gotta, uh, stop this, probably? Yeah. Um, the, the bartenders are helping the detective kind of get to the main root of everything. Yeah. Uh, but during, when their Paprika's taking them to, like, the main part, uh, Asuko sees Tokuta, and she's like, no, I gotta help him. And Paprika's like, uh, that's, that's dumb. And she's like... You're you're me. You should you, you should, should be helping me. <laughs> she's like, I don't think you understand how this works. <laughs> and she tries to help him and like says like, Hey, like you're dreaming. You need to wake up. And then he's just like, Oh, a treat, and eats her. Yeah. Which I guess we should say as of uh, his dream amalgamation is his face on the screen of a of a toy robot. Yeah. But uh, like, well, I guess we should also say the reason she like stopped is because the robot Tokita actually shot missiles at the giant doll to stop uh, uh to save Atsuka. Yeah. Which is why she's like, okay, we got it. I got to help him. Uh, Which, yeah, she talks to him, says that she needs to help him. 
he ends up eating her, and he says, yeah. like, oh, that was a bit bland. I need a spice. Maybe paprika. And I get it's... I, I should throw this in. It's at this point you learn that Asuka does have, like, a lot feelings of feelings for, for Tokita. This is one of the few times I never I don't, like, feel like it fell out of nowhere, actually. Yeah. I, I it like makes it a lot of sense. It's why it. she's always, like, on his side. It's why she's always helping him. Yeah. It's why, like, she's had his back and had supported him this entire time. It Like, you know, because it's one of those, like, it's her job, but also because she cares so much about him. This is why she's so involved in her job, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Like, it's, it's like what it comes... Yeah. It almost feels like it comes out of nowhere, but it's not unprecedented. Yeah, because that's why she, she, that's how she thinks she can stop him is being like, "Hey, it's me." Uh, yeah, you know, we me? love each other. Like you should do. This for- that. I love the way she phrases it. Is like, "You have a crush on me," <laughs> in particular. <laughs> like she doesn't. She still doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, Paprika and the doctor get to a giant hole. <laughs> it's- just what it is. Yeah, it's um, <sighs> it's so it's not like a literal hole. Like the world is, like, it's like melting into. Yeah, it's like imploding on itself at yeah. this point. Almost like there's a melt, like a hot point in this, and like yeah. reality is melting. Like if you had like a point. piece of cheese and you put like a really hot rock on it, and it just like melted the cheese inward. That's that's what it looks like. Kind of. It's either that or like if you were to drop it in like silly putty, maybe. Yeah. Once cheese? again, hard to explain. Like this is a weird <laughs> amalgamation of all these different things. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck to do about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, out of it emerges the director. He's like, I'm just gonna fucking kill everyone. Yeah. Like he becomes almost like this. Uh, I want to. Uh, I'm gonna kaiju. Yeah, kaiju. Thank you. He becomes basically like this kaiju amongst the city, and like he just starts destroying it because like. He's like, yes, I'm the god, new god of this world, and I will create and destroy as I please, basically. And like, yeah. that's whenever Atsuka basically emerges from the robot as a baby and starts to, I guess, eat the reality cheese that we were trying to I describe. Don't know. This, silly putty. This is the part that's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's yeah. all really it's, cool, it's and a there's lot. a lot of fun symbolism, and. I think it's genuinely a really beautiful metaphor for like the cycle and of creation and death. But also, yeah. I, I don't know. He's eating because yeah, fucking... like they start talking about opposites of like darkness <laughs> yeah. and light and good and evil, and then men yeah. and women. Because I guess it's not really us again because of the like what is the difference between them in a lot of ways. But like it's actually more Paprika who becomes the baby in a sense, kind because of because she's the one who like starts it. The reason I say Atsuko is because Atsuko is the one that was eaten by the uh, by the robot yeah. and then like emerged well, from came, the back of it. She came back and hugged Tokita and yeah. was like, "Yeah, you're cool," <laughs> which is how you find out more of like how she's loved him this entire time. Yeah, and that yeah, but like once again, it's kind of like that. Where does Atsuka and Paprika begin and end? Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, but yeah. She basically she eats. She eats I, a, the the director, and like as she, the more she eats, the more she grows. Like coming from a baby to a full grown woman, yeah. Until like she is now, kind of like the kaiju of, of this. It's, it's, whatever it, it she eats it's a him. lot. Yeah. <laughs> she eats him yeah. and she, saves everything. She slurps, slurps him up like soup, basically. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, she saves everything. Uh. She's. At the hospital in Tokyo, yeah, like, and like after I, all this happens, yeah. like 
apparently it all like happened in reality because you can yeah, see images of like them of rebuilding the city afterwards and like that is when uh Tokida yeah uh, Tokida is waking up in the hospital like, yeah, like oh that's the best sleep I've had in a long time and Asuka's like yeah I had a really good dream too because at the start of movies you she says like she doesn't dream anymore yeah because of all the stuff i guess i don't know because she's always in our other people's dreams therefore she doesn't dream for herself anymore yeah uh but yeah she's like oh yeah it was a really good dream and they're like all right let's leave these two (laughs) and then uh a lot of talking it's the the detective and the doctor talking and he's like yeah you know i think i figured out what was wrong with everything and he sees his friend and his friend's like you finished the movie man yeah he said he finished the movie and basically the detective that you played in our movie, you just became the detective in real life. Yeah. And then talks about how uh, she no longer goes by uh, Atsuko, that she's now Tokita. Yeah. Saying that like- They got he, married. Yeah, saying yeah, they they got married at the end of it. Yeah. And then- uh, Then the detective Paprika, sees yeah. a movie. <laughs> oh, the, uh, Paprika leaves him a note in the- yeah, In the Japanese club. World. Yeah, in the virtual world club place. Uh, telling him all this and saying like, "Hey, here's the recommendation of a movie that you should watch, which is called Dream, Dream Kids." Yeah, Dream Kids, <laughs> which you see actual <laughs> movies that this guy has made. Yeah, it's and then Tokyo Dream Godfather's uh, Perfect Blue, Dream Kids. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then like, yeah, he goes to go see a movie, and then it rolls credits. Yeah, which is like really interesting way to end it. Just kind of like yeah. this happened. But like we said before, this movie is hard to explain, but it's very purposely so because. Of all the style as of substance that this is, and like you're not fully meant to understand everything that's going on with it, but they I, did I that honestly on purpose. would say only really like the last part is hard to explain, and that's just because there's so much going on and so yeah, much of it's like jam packed in symbolism that it's like I don't know how to really. It's jam packed in symbolism in such a way it's almost like like it gives you half a second to think about it and then tells you don't overthink it and yeah. let's move on to the next thing. Cause it's like, I don't, what happened? did all those people fucking die? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about the director? What happened to him? Is he part of Otsuko now? Is he just gone? What the fuck happened to him? Like, who knows what happened to that weird soup of reality that was being turned into a dream. Is that like all back into reality to go away forever? Oof, there goes gravity. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, that's paprika. Um, yeah, it's it's confusing and it it it's it a needs, lot. You just have to like see it to really. Yeah. There yeah. is an absolute fuck ton jam packed into ninety minutes. Yeah, and uh, it, again, I I do really think it's a shame that it's kind of just known as anime Inception because yeah. I think it offers so. I, much I feel more. like yeah, there's so much more to this movie than just anime except Inception. But uh, yeah, this is actually the last movie that um, Sotoshi Shi Khan has such a hard uh, time with the same. That this it's is actually the last Eng- movie. Yeah. It's because we're American, we can't say Japanese yeah. words. I I just suck at Japanese words in general. But yeah, this is actually the last movie that he made because he was fighting pancreatic cancer and oh. died in 2010. Damn, that sucks. But yeah, this is the final work that he had, and I, it's one hell of a movie that he added to his legacy if you ask yeah. me yeah i mean he like he his tr- trifecta of movies really is like impeccable like, yeah i mean this movie perfect blue tokyo godfather All uh highly, millennium girl yeah. um a couple of the shows that he did at the paranoia agent he did that oh, show shit yeah. like he's done a lot of crazy cool things and like during his lifetime in anime 
Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the greats for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I guess with that said, might as well start getting to our final thoughts, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Uh. I'll go first, I guess. <laughs> All right. In, in a weird turn of phrase, usually the person who's introduced the movie goes last. But <laughs> there's only two of us. Yeah, there is only it's two of us. I feel like you'll probably give a better answer than I will with this movie. But I do really like this movie. I don't know if I like it more than I like Perfect Blue, but I do really like both movies. This one is just, it almost feels more like a mess, but like an organized mess with like everything that's going on with it. But I feel because of that, this is one of those movies you could watch over and over again and get something new each time that you watch it because of just the insanity that is on screen at any given second of this movie. And like, I'm sure there's tons and tons of references that I don't get now that maybe five years from now I'll get if like with some more movies that you watch and some more yeah. pop culture. I was just going to randomly bring the butterfly movie that we, we can't figure out. <laughs> and we're just going to be both be like, oh, 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 Dries like, what? What? Huh? <laughs> Like, we get it now. We get it now. Like, it's like, what? What's like, happening? Yeah. <laughs> the parade comes through the sofa. Which, yeah, the music of this is insane, too. Yeah, but like In a good way. Yeah. But, like, this movie is so insanely detailed, too. Like, even with the parts that, like, are not surreal. Like, seeing uh, the main scientist's office and, like, how it's like, how cluttered it is. And, like, then seeing his assistant's house and, like, how, how many dolls are just, like, all over the walls and some of the creepy imagery and like so much is happening with the parade. Like there's like all these different characters all over the place, like walking through this parade while the song is playing. And then like the scene that happens at the end during the climax where people are turning into all these different things. And like this movie is such a kerfuffle of like so many different things. And it's hard to like put everything into words because of how amazingly done this movie is. It's definitely not perfect. Like it is like i said kind of a mess but like almost in a beautiful way it's almost like watching someone throw paint on a canvas and then like finding imagery through the mess and there's so much symbolism and so much pop culture it is a lot like this movie packs as much as humanly possible into its 90 minutes in such a way i don't think this movie could ever be redone in like live action or even cgi because of how much is in like put into this movie and you can tell that it was definitely a labor of love and they did like an amazing job with everything that they did of it yeah and i like, think the only thing that could even come to c- compare to the beautiful mess of this movie is everything everywhere all at once yeah probably like that would be the closest you get to like a reality version of this which i think even with everything everywhere all at once is definitely its own movie mm-hmm. but like it doesn't pack as much but probably for the better yeah. uh with that movie but also, wonderful, wonderful movie that if you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch sure, that movie too. Sure. But like this movie, being the beautiful mess that it is, I do absolutely love it. I'll probably watch it more and more just to try to figure out what the hell I miss with all these different things because I feel like there's so much crazy things that have an entire story behind them that will pass by in half a second in this movie that should be absorbed more often. And like, I would say this movie, I'd still give it like a nine out of 10. Like, I. Walked into this, seeing it before, thinking, like, I'll probably give it, like, a 7 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10, because, like I said, I'd put it, like, right in the same realm as Perfect Blue, because I love both of these movies, but I don't know which one I like more because of how much this movie makes me question everything. But I think that's one of the beauties of this movie, mm-hmm. is that it it will keep you thinking about this movie long after you watched it. So I, I'd say it's a 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, As for me, 
I I agree on basically every stand. It is this beautiful mess of a movie. You it's hard. You never truly know what's real and what's not, and that's it's honestly to make it not feel confusing that you don't know what's real and what's not is actually really impressive. Yeah. I it never feels like it blindsides you. The imagery is so vivid and striking. It's just insane to look at and in a way that I people are kind of afraid to do I, in a, a lot of times I think because I think there's this kind of fear of seeming too out there for the average person. Yeah. But in this sense, I don't think you should make movies for the average person in your mind. You should make movies for you and people like you. Yeah. And how it does is how it does. But I'm also an artist and not someone who makes a billion (laughs) dollars sitting on my ass all day. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a piece of art. Ultimately it's, it's so beautiful and, I I won't I don't think it'll leave my mind for a long time. Yeah. I I didn't have much expectation going into it and sometimes that's the best thing because a movie can absolutely floor you if you're not sure what to expect going in. And it's just amazing. Like I there really isn't any movie like this. And I I also would give it a nine. I think yeah. for that. I think it's. I think everybody should watch this. I don't think everyone will enjoy this, but I think everyone should watch this. Which makes me think I'm kind of curious of what Dry would think of this movie I, if he did watch it with us. Maybe tonight. you should just you should just let him borrow it. I feel like he wouldn't care for it as much. Probably not as much as me and you. But like the first time I watched this movie, I did like walk away from it, going, "What the fuck did I just watch?" In like the best way possible. Yeah. And how we're even saying it's a beautiful mess of a movie. If you look up 2006 Paprika, it'll show you the front cover of this movie, which is Paprika's face, but like all the characters of the parade inside of her face, which kind of once again comulates of like how this is such a beautiful mess of a movie. Yeah. Also, if you look it up, one of the first questions is, what the fuck's Paprika about, basically? (laughs) It's that. uh, One thing I thought that was kind of funny is uh, what movie did Incept or what movie rips off Paprika? And they said Inception. Yeah. Which. Once Not again, really Inception true. is its own movie. The yeah. only thing that they really have in common is they both deal with dream logic. Yeah. That's about it. They're they're very different. Like during Perfect Blue, we did talk a lot about how uh his... how Darren Arakovsky uh had ripped off a whole bunch of things from him, yeah. which that is very much so like he did. Like because there is a scene that plays out in Requiem for a Dream that's like pretty much shot for shot, something yeah. that happens in Perfect Blue. But then uh, whenever you watch um, Black, Black Swan. Swan, yeah, like a lot of what happens in Black Swan is super, super similar to like what happens in Perfect Blue. The only thing it's missing is a stalker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, def definitely check out this movie. I was yeah, I would I was absolutely pleasantly surprised yeah. by it. And this is one reason why I wanted to bring it to the podcast at some point in time. Like most movies that I bring, I kind of wait for my opening of like, hey, like, do you want to bring a movie forward? And like, you know what, this would be a good movie to bring. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm glad that I was able to at least share it with you. I hope that we can talk Dry into watching it someday, but who knows when or it's if hard. It's happen. hard to get into watch anime. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, that is very true. But, yeah, this is such an amalgamation of so many different things. It is definitely worth seeing for yourself because it is. we are definitely not doing this movie justice by trying to explain to you what's happening in this audio-only podcast. Yeah, but uh, that is Paprika and... 
if you guys want to get a hold of us for any reason, you can do so at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P, which gives you a link to all the social media, all of our podcast stuff, and our Twitch stream every Saturday, every Wednesday, and most Mondays. Yeah. We got we play video games Mondays, Rando Fido's. Wednesday, uh, Jiraiya is probably finishing uh, Rogue Legacy. Saturday, We're uh, kind of up in the air. It's on some Saturdays. variety stuff, yeah. on Saturday for now until we get ready to start our next thing. But uh, yeah, so go ahead and check us out. Uh, follow all those things, and we greatly yeah. appreciate it. Uh, but now. Uh, Robbie, why don't you take us home? All right. So, if you're having weird dreams, talk to somebody about it. Talk to a therapist. <laughs> yeah, talk to a therapist about it if it's affecting you badly. But if not, I just hope you are enjoy the beautiful mess that we made of this podcast tonight. And whether this is the very first time you've joined us or you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for joining us. Thank you. We'll catch you guys on the next one. See you later. Bye. 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 Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.